Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. My name is Matt Scaff. In this episode, I want to talk to you about training with people who are trying to hurt you. Obviously, training combat sports is dangerous. That's why it's so important that we trust our training partners. The number one rule in any gym should be to respect the tap. If your training partner taps, let go of the submission or position as soon as possible. Submissions are one of the most efficient ways to hurt and even kill another human being. Chokes and joint locks can cause serious damage. I've identified three types of people that you're most likely to get injured rolling against. The first person has no place in our sport, and that's the person that holds on to a submission after you tap. When I first started training, I started at a straight blast gym underneath two purple belts. There was a guy there. He went by danger. Yes, <laughs> he went by danger. He was a blue belt. He was in his mid-20s, and I think he had had five or six MMA fights. Danger was a hothead, and half the time he was cool to be around, the other half the time stay out of his way. Well, at the six-month mark, I remember tapping danger with the guillotine choke. Later in that same round, Danger elbowed me in the face super hard. I got a really bad black eye. And he told me after the round, look, sometimes you've got to throw some sneaky elbows to remind guys where they stand in the gym. Well, prior to that, we'd had a couple of rounds where I felt like he had kneed me on purpose in the ribs and in the head. I chalked that up to hard training, but after he said that to me, I knew he was trying to hurt me on purpose. That made me feel super uncomfortable, and I wanted to talk to my instructors about it, and I wanted them to deal with the situation. So a couple of us, because there was more than one people that didn't feel comfortable training with danger anymore, went to talk to the purple belts. They basically just wiped it under the rug. They said, look, it's just hard training. It's no big deal. Get over it. They had a soft spot for danger. He taught a class there. And honestly, I think they were trying to rehabilitate him. Well, two months later, danger broke a 16-year-old kid's arm. The kid was a wrestler. And it was the off-season. He had come in to get some extra training. Well, he took danger down. Danger put him in an arm lock. The kid tapped, and danger just kept going. There was a loud pop, and the kid screamed, and he never came back. I knew then that I had to leave as soon as possible. That's when I started training with Brandon at 10th Planet Decatur full-time. Over the years, I've seen two people get kicked out of the gym for not respecting the tap. It's an unforgivable sin, and it needs to be dealt with quickly. Husamir Balharis was kicked out of the UFC for not respecting the tap. If it's not allowed in the UFC, then it obviously has no place in competition and especially not in the gym. So if you're training right now at a place where you don't feel comfortable training with somebody, where you're worried about your health, then you need to talk to your instructor. And if your instructor does what the two purple belts did when I went to them, you need to go and change gyms as soon as possible because it's only a matter of time before you end up 
getting severely hurt. Sometimes the instructors are the worst at holding on to submissions. They feel like they're teaching a lesson. This is a terrible example to set for your students. One, it's insanely dangerous. But two, it shows other students that submissions can be used to teach a guy a lesson. Instead of talking to them like adults, you use an Americana to punish somebody. Or you use a rear naked choke to punish somebody. And that's not what submissions should be used for. So make sure that you guys are respecting the tap and that you're at a gym that always respects the tap. The second type of guy is a guy that trains for pops. These are guys that are usually competitors and they treat every training session like a competition. I know a lot of high-level competitors that are black belts that have competed on some of the biggest stages believe that you should train 100% competition style every training session. If you do not tap quickly with these guys, they will hurt you. And they are trying to hurt you. The difference is, is that if you tap, they let, they let go ASAP. There's no holding on to a submission. And that as long as you tap, you'll be safe rolling with them. What I've found over the years is that I used to get really upset training with those guys. But what I realized was that my own pride stopped me from tapping because I was trying to find an extra inch to escape a submission because it felt like a competition round and I was treating it like one. And I would hold out on a submission a little too long and I'd get my arm popped or my knee popped. And what I realized was is that it is my responsibility to keep myself safe. And so... I need to tap quicker. So now when I'm going into a round with a guy and I know he's treating it like that and he's going to come at me like it's the ADCC finals, what I tell myself always is, Matt, do not let your pride get you hurt. Tap when you need to tap. Tap early, tap often, and you'll always be safe. If you don't have that conversation with yourself, and you're not aware of who you're training with, then you could be trying this new arm lock escape you saw on YouTube, and you're going to get your arm popped, and then you're going to be pissed at that training partner. Well, we tell our guys that when somebody gets hurt, it's both person's fault. But in my opinion, and I tell my students this, eh, it's a little bit more your fault, because at any moment you can tap, and you can make it stop. So make sure that when you guys are training with a guy that's treating it like competition or I've seen guys that train like judo or something like that, they can just train a little bit harder. They go after submissions harder. Make sure you're tapping quick. The third guy, and I think we, this is the one we've all been and we've all trained with, is the spaz. The guy that's training out of control the guy that's going to knee you in the face, knee you in the ribs. He's going to catch you with an elbow during a guard pass. What I've found is that the spaz doesn't know he's being the spaz. I remember when I'd been training nine months, a training partner that I really looked up to. He was a higher belt than me. He took me aside one day and he told me, Matt, dude, past month you've been training out of control. You're trying to win 
you're just trying so hard that you're kneeing people and you're just not training safe, man. You need to calm down a little bit and just be a little bit more aware of your movements. And I remember I was shocked. I couldn't believe he told me that because I thought I was going the same speed as everybody else. I evaluated how I was training and I was just a little bit more conscious and the spaz went away. And a month later, people were telling me, oh man, like, I'm so glad that, you know, you've calmed down a little bit or man, you know, like, I don't want to say anything to you six weeks ago, but I was getting pretty mad at you because you need me in the head twice during a round. A lot of times I'll hear guys say, and I've been guilty of this myself, is best way to handle a spaz is to just smash the crap out of them from side control. Or the best way to handle a smaz is to put them with that brown belt enforcer and make them miserable. Honestly, the best way to handle a spaz is to just talk to them about it. It's so funny that we don't do the most mature thing that we can do and just be honest and go, hey man, you're being a little out of control. I want to see you calm down. I've started doing that over the past year. It took me that long to realize that a conversation is the way to handle it. And each time when I've rolled with the guy, say a month later, he's calmed down tremendously. Where in the past, when you roll extra hard with the spaz, what do you think that's going to make him do? That's going to make him roll even harder. And he's going to think that he needs to roll to it at a harder pace, which is just going to make him spazzier. Communication will always, I shouldn't say always, in most cases, it will solve the problem. And the spaz is someone that just needs to be communicated with. I like to say, and I tell my guys, a spaz, he reminds me of an animal that's trapped in a corner. He doesn't know what to do. He's scared. And he's just trying his best to survive. There's no malicious intent in the spaz. He's not trying to hurt you. He's just not in control. I hope you guys learn something from this. And honestly, I've been the second and third. I've always respected the tap. I've never held on to a submission. But there's definitely been times that I've trained very aggressively with guys at the gym. Also, there's been times when I've been spazzy. And I've need people on accident. Not just your typical grappling experience, but I mean, a couple of elbows here, a couple of knees there. Wasn't thinking. I was kind of in that animalistic mode. Remember, it's okay to train hard, but try and take care of your training partners. But most importantly, remember that it's your job to keep yourself safe and that you have to tap and only you can tap for yourself. I really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. I've gotten a lot of really good feedback And somebody told me that I needed to create a sign-off instead of just abruptly ending. And I was like, dang, you're right. I have just been abruptly ending (laughs) and cutting it off. And so I think I decided on this. Remember, guys, it's way more important to become a better person than to get better at jujitsu.